0: Welcome back to the Entertainment Goes Pop podcast, where all things entertainment crossover with all things pop culture, meaning all topics are fair discussion, including TV, movies, music, sports, video games. All of it is discussed on this podcast. On this week's episode of the podcast, I've got discussion on Survivor 41. The NBA has announced its top 75 team. Where's that 76? I'll explain to you what that means. And Smallville has hit 20 years since the pilot episode originally aired on the WB. A Lot of reunion stuff this week with Smallville. I'm gonna cover a lot of that and share some of my favorite memories of one of my favorite shows of all time. So let's get right into it. Let's get into this week's episode of Survivor 41. Oh, more advantages, more advantages this week, and one that I just thought was pretty lameo with uh, one advantage that they dropped into the game. Just kind of randomly out of nowhere. That's kind of what we're into this season with Survivor. Is just there's so many advantages. I think I have an advantage in this game at some point. I think I even can play an idol or an advantage. <laughs> I think I have one as a viewer at home. Oh, it's 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 a little too much for me. Just how many? You know, I've said this in weeks past. It's just there's too many things going on with this stuff it uh just it's too much, but we'll get into that. We're gonna go into the beginning of this episode, and one thing we see right off the bat is that the beware advantage that activates the three person idol has of course been rehidden because of the tribal council that saw that eliminated from you know one part of it anyway. So it is found by Jeannie who then goes and she tells Shan and Ricard that she found it which not the best move (laughs) but I guess I don't know I guess she's on the bottom anyway so it's like maybe you can get some kind of goodwill with the rest of your tribe because she was clearly on the bottom here of the three of this particular tribe. So getting that info Shan works on getting Jeannie to leave the advantage hidden, to put it back, and, you know, to just leave it there because she talked her into thinking that she might, that she would maybe lose a vote or something with a twist, and then that wouldn't be a good thing, so maybe you ought to put that back. And honestly, she just doesn't want Jeannie to have it, just bottom line, period, and it doesn't take long for Shan to want to go get it for herself, so she goes and she opens it, which means that she loses her vote, you know, as a result of this twist. That if you remember, with this three person idol of the Beware Advantage, until this thing is activated, you do not have a vote at Tribal Council until this thing is activated, so she automatically loses her vote now remember that she still has JD's extra vote advantage that he gave to her that she guilted him into giving her as a make good as a you know a goodwill you can trust me kind of thing and then she ended up turning on him and voting him out last week with his extra vote in her pocket so she gives that to Ricard at this moment and their plan is from there to talk to Jeannie and they decide that they are going to say the secret phrase before the immunity challenge to see if they can figure out who else might have it. That's the story that they give her as a reason of like, oh, hey, we did actually go back and get this idol and now we're going to try to play it. instead of Jeannie, Now Jeannie just thinks that they're just trying to do this just to figure out on the other tribe. Maybe who else has this extra advantage? So that's the story that they give Genie. Whereas the truth is, Shan is wanting to activate it, of course. So we get to the immunity challenge very early in this episode. So early that I thought it was going to be a reward challenge. And very nicely played here with the phrases. With Shan starting the conversation to Jeff Probst of how delirious that they are being out there in Survivor and out in... All the things going on in the game, and she gets her phrase in, and then that opens up Xander to say his. So we have the two, and that's all we thought we had, but we get a really nice edit here when we suddenly see Nasir speak up and say the other phrase, and they cut back to a flashback of the previous day where Nasir found the advantage. So now this activates the three idols. This is something we've been waiting on for several weeks now with episodes waiting to see if this thing would get activated. And now all three idols are activated. So Yasa and Luvu, they win immunity here. Then that will send Ua back to tribal council. Now, two people have to be picked for the Advantage trip. That's one fallout here with the Immunity Challenge that's been going on every episode. I believe every episode so far. Yasa picks Shan to go, and then volunteer Liana. Liana volunteers from her own tribe to, to go. And the two of them, Shan and Liana, bond big time over their trip. They talk about working together when the merge happens later down the line and just a big bonding is really awesome just seeing how the two of them bonded on this trip so again this is going to be what they're going to do this is again the protect your vote or risk your vote deal as we've had going on and shan tells her that she'll she's going to protect hers so that leads to liana being able to risk her vote and get an advantage And Liana does indeed get an advantage, and I just, I thought this one was super annoying. So here's, here's the latest advantage that has been thrown into this game. When Liana goes to Tribal next time, she can ask anybody if they have an idol or do you have an advantage, and if she picks the right person, they have to give up that power to her immediately, and so Xander is on her tribe and she knows all of what he's got going on. So Xander's in trouble here if they go to tribal council. So all she has to do is if they're next time they're in tribal council, all she has to do is turn to Xander and say, "Do you have an idol? Do you have an advantage?" And if he says yes, she gets it. I just I just thought that was so lame. <laughs> I don't know. I just thought this was the lamest advantage that they've thrown into this game yet. I mean, maybe other people like it. I just, I didn't like it. And again, I'm on record that there's too many advantages, too many extra votes, take away votes. I, you know, idols are always one thing, but the advantages are, I mean, you can't keep up and it, you go to tribal council and it's like having to have notes trying to figure out who can vote who can't vote who has what advantage who has who doesn't it's just too much it's just too much and it's and what's frustrating is this is a this is a good season i'm enjoying the gameplay and the season itself it's a really good cast it's just just too much with the advantages i feel like it's just kind of watering down the game here so meanwhile back to the tribe we have uh, Meanwhile, back to the tribe we have gone to Tribal Council here. Only three, again, so it's Shan, Ricard, and Jeannie. Those are the only three in this tribe, so it's going to be one of those going home. Now, while Shan was gone, Ricard and Jeannie talked where he was talking about how they could just vote out Shan. Now, of course, the plan is to vote out Jeannie anyway. So he's just playing the game here. Now, when Shan returns, Jeannie and Shan talk, where of course Jeannie relays that info of the Ricard talk to Shan and saying, you know, hey, he's he's looking to take you out here. And that's of course the play that Jeannie's got. You know, she she knows she's in trouble, and this is maybe something, anything that she can use to her advantage here. So Shan and Ricard go and walk off and talk to where they're talking about their plan to vote out Jeannie. But Shan talks of how she wants the advantage back from Ricard that she gave him because Jeannie was talking about, uh, was talking that Ricard was telling her that he was thinking about getting rid of Shan. So he, now all of a sudden, Shan wants the advantage back from Ricard that she had given him. And, you know, that will show her that she can trust him. Uh, didn't you just do this to JD last week and you voted him out so while Ricard knows that of what is what's going on what the plan is to vote out Jeannie uh, this really waves like a red flag at him here of concern because Again, she did the same thing to J.D. last week, and Ricard knows this. He's very aware of what happened. He was in on the plan, and he tells her this, saying, you just did this at the last Tribal Council and voted him out. And he's saying he isn't going to give up his insurance and put himself in trouble here. And then, of course, this really bothers Shan, So this turns into a don't you trust me, well don't you trust me, just this kind of awkward conversation. And there is not a chance, if I'm I'm Ricard, that I'm giving that up to Shan after knowing what she did last week. And it was kind of baffling that she couldn't see why he wouldn't want to give that up. And also I'm thinking, why are you being so rough on your allies? She has had a li- like a line of allies that she has been turning on. And now she is making Ricard doubt her a little bit here. Because JD was super loyal to her. Ricard's super loyal to her. And she just she's lining up people here that would have worked with her And she's just playing so hard, and she's playing so messy. There's just points of her game to where she looks, like, so good. And then there's other times where it's just like, ooh, this is messy. This is so going to get you in trouble. And I see that happen so many times. And especially with this conversation with Ricard, I'm like, why are you pushing this so much? You know, it's, I don't know, it was very, very bizarre, very messy, so he does say that he'll give it back to her tomorrow, but she's not happy about that. And like I said, not a chance. If I'm if I'm Ricard that I'm giving her that at the risk that she could turn on me and have another advantage in her pocket, you know, with the, with the same thing that she did with JD where she took it from him and she gave it to Ricard. He gives it back and now she's still got this thing and she's gotten two people voted out at the same time, but again, the plan has always been Jeannie, so it just, I don't know, it was very strange that she was really pushing this dynamic, because I think it just messed with Ricard and put a lot of doubt in his head, so we're gonna have to see how that goes going forward, and so now Shan is trying to decide whether she wants to stick with Ricard or go with Jeannie, because now this has messed with her head a bit. Now she's trying to figure out, well, he wouldn't give me that advantage. Maybe I don't need to stick with him. Maybe I need to stick with Jeannie. It isn't a thing. I mean, you have a few kind of kind of doubting kind of moments in Tribal Council where you're kind of wondering which way they're going to go, but Jeannie's voted out on a two-to-one vote, and it does look like next week we'll see a shake-up. They're teasing a merge, but the way that the edit was, it almost feels like it's just going to be like a new tribe swap of sorts. I don't feel like it's going to be a merge. I think they're just going to like put them all back together in a different way or something. like. But it also, they teased it as like something that hadn't been seen before, so... Maybe it's going to be like a tribe swap, but just a different kind, like a new version of a tribe swap, some kind of a twist on that. So we'll have to see how that goes next week. Speaking of Survivor, Netflix has announced that, you know, they've been putting up some previous random seasons up on Netflix for people to watch, and it's been... Making a lot of new Survivor fans to where there's people that haven't watched Survivor before and they're seeing these seasons pop up on Netflix and are watching. Well, on November fifteenth, Survivor Micronesia, which is the fans versus favorites season, is going to be up on Netflix, and this is very possibly my favorite Survivor season of all time. I highly recommend viewing it if you've never watched Survivor and you just want to have like a like a really great season that you know is really great to just watch and check out this is one absolutely do it absolutely do it survivor micronesia fans versus favorites i'm not gonna say any spoilers in case anybody that hasn't seen survivor wants to jump in and watch the season when it pops up it's so awesome there's so many twists there's so many great players returning players like there's some all-time survivor castaway favorites on this season and there are just some of the biggest moments in survivor history happen on this season so if you've never seen survivor and you just want to check out a season november 15th netflix survivor micronesia Fans versus favorites. You will not be disappointed. It is such a great season. And like I said, very possibly my favorite Survivor season of all time. The NBA season is underway, but one thing we also have going on is that this is the 75th anniversary of the NBA. And if you remember back in 1997 for the 50 year anniversary of the NBA, they announced the top 50 players of all time in the NBA and they did an NBA 50 team and they gathered them all together in Cleveland at the NBA All-Star game. There was 49 of 50 there that were living that so there was only one that had passed away that was not able to be there and it was just an incredible show that they did at halftime where they brought them all out, gathered them for a big group picture. They all had their jackets on, and just an incredible amount of talent right there all together. Now, with this being the 75th anniversary, they have decided to do the NBA 75 team. And this, over the last three nights, they have announced 25 each time. Now, how was this going to be done? Now, this was something that Kenny Smith brought up on the TNT broadcast on Tuesday night, on opening night, and it was something that I really was concerned about too. Kenny brought up the point with this team. He said, how is this being done? Is this going to be are we taking the original 50 and we're adding 25, or are we voting a brand new 75? And Ernie said, no, it's a brand new 75. And that received a lot of criticism on the panel, you know, with Charles and Ernie and Kenny and Shaq. And they talked about that along with like myself watching that I was not a fan of that, because, and it's like what Kenny brought up, are you going to have a brand new seventy five and then what if somebody from the original fifty gets left off said so that's not right. It's you can't have a seventy five team, and then somebody that was the origin in the original fifty just gets left off? you know that that would be terrible. That would just be awful. And I said that too. That was something I was extremely, extremely concerned about that we were going to have that happen. And thankfully, it did not happen. Now, first of all, let me say, how was this voted? So I'm going to read this off the NBA's website, off their PR uh, the NBA 75th anniversary team was selected by a blue-ribbon panel of current and former NBA players, coaches, general managers, and team and league executives, WNBA legends, and sports writers and broadcasters. Voters were asked to select the 75 greatest players in NBA history without regard to position. Panelists did not rank their selections. Current and former players were not allowed to vote for themselves. Now, one thing we need to mention as well is that there's no order. There's no order. When these names are released, there's no, like, this is number one. This is number two. It's just all random. Every night it was every just random. They'd release 25 on Tuesday night, release 25 on Wednesday night, release 25 on Thursday night, tonight. Now, one thing that is to be mentioned, and I've yet to see... If this info is out there, I have yet to see it. But there's actually 76 names because there were two players that tied. So they had to go to 76. So NBA 75 is going to be actually an NBA 76. I have not seen yet who the tie was between. And I don't know if they're even going to tell that. I don't know if they're even going to put that out there. Surely that's going to get released. I don't know. And maybe it already has and I just haven't seen it but i'm going to go through the list of these top 75 players and again thankfully the top 50 remained in there nobody got bumped and and actually what uh, Ernie Johnson and Charles Barkley talked about on the podcast uh, podcast on the panel on TNT when Kenny brought this up you know they asked they were talking about how they voted and both Charles and Ernie both said we kept the same 50. We kept the same 50, and then we added 25. And I was like, okay, good. I just hope other people did that too. But I was kind of not feeling confident that that's what was going to happen because that would have been really controversial if you have players making the original 50 and then you cut them at 75. That I just, I would not have liked that at all. I think that would have just been kind of a disaster for, uh, for everything. But here's, I'm going to go through the list. Here's all the list of the 75. These were the names that were announced on Tuesday night. Hal Greer, Dirk Nowitzki, Bob Pettit, Oscar Robertson, Bill Russell, Giannis is in there. He's, you know, that's one of the new players in there. Another one, Kevin Durant, Elvin Hayes, Jerry Lucas, Willis Reed, Nate Archibald, Bob Cousy, Dave Cowens, James Harden, Hakeem Olajuwon, Kevin McHale, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, George Mikan, John Stockton, Steve Nash, Charles Barkley, Julius Erving, George Gervin, Moses Malone, David Robinson. That was your 25 that got it announced on opening night. So let's move on to the 25 that were announced on Wednesday night. James Worthy, Wilt Chamberlain, Jerry West, Magic Johnson, Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, Clyde Drexler, Carl Malone, Larry Bird, Patrick Ewing, Isaiah Thomas, Chris Paul, Tim Duncan, Kevin Garnett, Allen Iverson, Sam Jones, Robert Parrish, Bill Sharman, Bill Walton, John Havlicek, Rick Barry, Paul Arizon, Nate Thurman, Wes Unseld, Walt Frazier, That was who all got announced on Wednesday. So now, here comes the next 25. These were the names that got announced tonight. Of course, not all these are new. Not all these are new, obviously, because we've got some new names in here. But we had some new names and some that were very great to hear. And I'm going to go back and talk about the reveal of some of these. So the last 25 that were announced tonight, again... This is not the next 25 there. All these names are random. All these names are random that they're announcing. So, but you will see some new names on here, just like you have have seen on some of the others here. Elgin Baylor, Dave Bing, Dave DeBusher, Pete Maravich, Earl Monroe, Shaquille O'Neal, Dolph Shays, Lenny Wilkins, Dominique Wilkins, Dennis Rodman, Ray Allen, Dwayne Wade, Jason Kidd, Kobe Bryant. Gary Payton, Bob McAdoo, Paul Pierce, Steph Curry, Reggie Miller, Kawhi Leonard, Damian Lillard, LeBron James, Carmelo Anthony, Anthony Davis, and Russell Westbrook. So that is the top 75 as voted by all those that were involved with the voting. That is your NBA top 76 players. Now, on the broadcast tonight on TNT... Very, very cool, and that they uh, well, first, I'm gonna talk about this one. Dominique Wilkins was left off the top 50 team in 1997, and that bothered a lot of people, including myself back at the time, and it bothered Dominique as well because he definitely deserved to be in the top 50 greatest players of all time and at the time uh, Shaq got on there and that bothered a lot of people because Shaq was still so young in his career and Dominique got left off and that was something that a lot of a lot of fans and a lot of critics and everybody were not happy about and they brought on Dominique tonight on TNT to just congratulate him, talk to him about it, and Shaq talked about at the time that he called Dominique and talked to him about it and, you know, voiced, you know, his frustration, you know, of Dominique being left off and just the the situation, just the awkward situation, you know, they talked about that, and Dominique was somebody that absolutely deserved to be on that top 50 team, so, when his name popped up tonight, I cheered and I just fist pumped when I saw his name because that guy deserves to be on this list. And 1997, we were all so bothered by it. 2021, it's like, okay. And you could tell Dominique just the appreciation tonight in that interview of what it meant to him. And, and you could tell his competitive side in him was like, yeah, I should have been in the top 50. <laughs> of all time previously, you know, and and rightfully so. He should have been in there. So just that was a really cool just redemption story where it's like, okay, good. Now Dominique is in here where he belongs. Now, one thing that was really cool tonight is they brought on Reggie Miller and they were going to talk to him about the players that had been added, including Shaq, and they said, well, and Ernie set it up perfect, where Ernie said, he said something along the lines of, you know, you and Shaq have been, you know, TNT teammates, but now you're teammates again, and Reggie was like, huh, you know, he, it didn't, didn't register with him at all, but he, and they surprised Reggie saying, you are on the top 75 team which just floored Reggie where he was like wow it was really cool getting his reaction to getting that news live on on camera and just so deserving just very very cool just I'm thrilled for Reggie Miller to get in there because there's so many times I feel like he is he is very overlooked I feel like at times and it's and it's frustrating because there's a lot of players in that 90s era, and it's one thing that really bothers me when Shaq starts talking about championships to Charles Barkley on uh, on the broadcast, because every time they get in an argument on TNT, Shaq immediately goes to, I have championships, you don't have any. That's the argument he goes to every single time with Charles. That's numero uno. And... For me, it's like, you know what? There's a lot of guys in that era that should have championships that don't. And you know why? Michael Jordan. (laughs) It's like Shaq didn't win any of his championships when Michael Jordan was around, you know? it's. I always just, I get bothered whenever Shaq goes to that argument because, and it goes back to the Reggie thing, is that there's a lot of great players in that era of the 90s, that if it wasn't for Michael Jordan and that Bulls dynasty winning those six championships, that they would have rings, you know, including, you know, you know, maybe Reggie would have one. Patrick Ewing might have one. I feel like Carl Malone and John Stockton would have one and maybe two, you know, Gary Payton and Sean Kemp might have had one. Charles Barkley would have one because I think that 93 team, if it hadn't been for the Bulls, in ninety three, I think Phoenix would have won the championship that year. They were a great team. And Clyde Drexler would have a championship because that ninety-two uh Blazers team was really good. So I mean there's a lot of players in the nineties that should have championships on their resume, but they were all stopped by the same person, you know? So just very cool to see him get that recognition tonight and A lot of new names on here, you know, from that era, including Rodman, you know, and then Ray Allen getting in there, Jason Kidd getting in, of course, Kobe being in. And so, but you've got like Damian Lillard and Kawhi Leonard, some from there, Steph Curry. So there's, there's a lot of new names in here. And it was just very interesting to see how this vote would play out. But again, my biggest concern was... I wanted the original 50 in. I didn't want anybody to get bumped out. Like, let's hit the same fifty and then let's add 25. That was what I wanted to see. And thankfully that's what happened. But man, what a what a powerhouse of names on this 75 list. Pretty incredible amount of names here. And just congratulations to all of them that made this list of the 76. Top NBA players of all time. Happy 20th anniversary to Smallville. Smallville hit its 20 year mark this week as the pilot episode of Smallville aired on October 16, 2001, on the WB. Just wanted to share my thoughts and memories on Smallville. I'm not going to talk any spoilers here because I know there's people that might start watching the show and, you know, maybe you want to go back and watch it. And maybe after you listen to this, maybe you want to go watch Smallville. But I'm not going to talk any spoilers because I don't want to spoil anything for anybody that, for people that might want to go and watch this awesome show. So, yeah, 20 years for Smallville... It's uh, just one of my favorite shows of all time. That pilot that aired back in 2001, just such a very well-done pilot to where it felt like a movie. It felt like you were watching a self-contained movie that just set up, you know, for the whole run of the series. You know, it just got it off to such a great start. And season one, to me, was mostly... It was mostly like Monster of the Week style, but when they got to the end of season one, that season one finale was really just a perfect way to just like set off something different to where it's like, okay, here's here's a cliffhanger and we're going to extend it. Kind of like it was an over, like a big, like long-term storyline here to where it's like long-term story building instead of like Monster of the Week kind of stuff because you could tell like the first season it's just like a lot of shows they're hitting their marks and kind of getting 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 going, you know, getting the storylines going and trying to kind of figure out what they want to be and get their characters introduced and get you used to them. So, season 1 it's good. It's it's a lot of monster of the week, but I really thought the show hit stride. Of course the pilot's amazing. And but that first season finale was really where I just thought, man, this is awesome! I really love this season one finale here, and I can't wait to see what happens from here. And I mean, this show here has just given me so many memories with friends watching the show and re-watching the show and i've been to so many conventions and gotten to meet so many of them i mean it's probably this show here this is probably the show i have seen the most people from a cast live like i'm definitely easily 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 double digits with how many of the cast of smallville that i have gotten to see in person at conventions gotten to meet And just can't wait to get back to doing that again and hopefully get to see more of them and meet more of them. So yeah, just so many great memories that this show has given me. And of course, the media has been doing a lot of Smallville tributes and things like that over the week. I just thought I'd kind of go over some of the stuff that has been going on. Uh, Tom Welling and Michael Rosenbaum were on the DC Fandom this past weekend doing an interview where they were talking about their memories of the show and just what it meant to them. They talked about a lot of the families that come up to them at conventions, and they and they they say some of them just really get tearful because they'll talk about like you know used to watch this with my family, and they'll talk about like you know maybe their parents had passed away or something but that was like something they did every week together was watch that show and how much they enjoyed that and so they get so many people that come up and just talk about how much that show meant to them when um asking asking them what they would have changed and this isn't spoiler either uh unless you just want to think something wild here <laughs> but uh Tom Welling talked about how he just always thought it would be cool if they had just put bruce wayne in an episode you know to where you know like clark walks in he just sees lex talking to someone and he gets introduced like oh hey this is this is uh bruce wayne and just the cool thing where no one knows who anyone is they're just all random people where it's like here's lex luther and here's Here's uh, Clark Kent and Bruce Wayne, uh, just all hanging out in the same room. Nobody even knows who any of them are, (laughs) you know, each other. So they always said that that he said that's something he wished they could have done. And of course, Rosenbaum tells the story. I've heard him tell this story so many times, and uh, it's such a great story. He talks about, you know, of course, playing the role of Lex Luthor, that you know they always ask what's the wildest fan experience that you've had and Rosenbaum always brings this one up to where he said there was this guy that waited in line he waited like all these all this time waited to go through this line he walks up to me and says and yells Gene Hackman was the best Lex Luthor," and Rosenbaum was like I totally agree <laughs> and just, and just, the guy would just kind of stood there, like, shocked, like, not expecting that reaction, he was just like, all right, and he walked off, <laughs> and Rosenbaum always tells that story, and it's so funny, and Rosenbaum just uh, always has such a fun time to tell that story, He's like, and people ask, said, did he get an autograph or anything? He's like, no, he just stood in line all that time just because he wanted to come up and tell me to make sure that I knew that Gene Hackman was the best Lex Luthor. And he's like, and I agree with him. He is, he's my favorite Lex Luthor too. So just, it's always a funny story. He always tells that story and he told it on here. It's, it's very funny. He got a big kick out of that. And of course, there were also messages from Cassidy Freeman, Laura Vandervoort, Sam Witwer, Justin Hartley, John Glover, and Kristen Kruk, they were all on there talking about Smallville, you know, just little messages that they had recorded and sent in, and uh, Kristen, one thing she talked about, and I've seen several articles about this, was she talked about how, you know, Smallville the pilot episode and the show came out right around 9/11 of course it premiered on October 16th almost a month after 9/11 and Kristen talked about how people just really needed that show at that time just just like a good family like feel good show that smallville was and how that was and there's an article what I'm going to talk about later the hollywood reporter has an article looking at the history of Smallville. And they actually have a section in that where they talked about Smallville coming out around 9-11 and just how how that all played out, you know, and, and where they were and things like that. And just a very well-written article on that, which I will get to in a moment. But also Entertainment Tonight had a video where they interviewed... Tom Welling, Michael Rosenbaum, and Kristen Kruk. They brought them all on there together to just talk about it. It's like a 10-minute video talking about uh, some of their memories of Smallville and talking about some of the storylines that had happened and their thoughts and looking back. So if you want to see either one of those, just look up you know, like Smallville Entertainment Tonight uh, and then look up the DC fandom, Tom Welling, Michael Rosenbaum, Smallville, whatever. It'll probably pop it up, just look for the most recent videos. I highly recommend both of them. They're very fun videos. Uh, the DC Fandom video runs about 20 minutes, and then the Entertainment Tonight video runs about 10 minutes. But then this Hollywood Reporter did an article. It was written by Aaron Couch. did an article looking at the history of Smallville. It's called, We Had Freedom to Change the Mythology, and Oral History of Smallville. And I highly recommend reading this article. It's very, very good. I picked out some of the things to talk about here, some of the things that were in this article. They talked about how Tom Welling and Jensen Ackles were both considered for the role of Clark Kent. And Tom Welling has talked about, you know, in all kinds of interviews, conventions, that they were very tight on The script and just everything about this show, it was very locked down when these actors were auditioning for the show. And this is what Tom Welling had to say about his process of auditioning and the role of Clark Kent. And he says, the show Smallville came along and they weren't releasing the script. They just wanted me to audition. My manager at the time says, that either means they don't have a script or it's not very good. We turned it down he said i could come in and read the pilot script if i signed an nda i realized the show was not about superman it was about a kid in high school growing up and trying to figure out who he is that's a very human journey i called a meeting with the producers and the writers because i wanted to ask questions somehow they accepted i was terrified i was going to walk into a show where i'm running around in tights i walked into this room there are 15 people sitting in a semicircle and it was like a counselor's meeting or something. I sat down with this list of questions. Who are the villains? What do they look like? And so, yeah, so Welling here, and this is something he has been... He was very big about this from start to finish with Smallville. No flights, no tights. That was something he was very, very big. He did not want the show to be Superman. It was about Clark Kent and Clark Kent growing up and learning and like the evolution of Clark Kent. That was something that was extremely important to him. The no flights, no tights. That was a major, major thing for him with Smallville to where he even said that that was, I've watched a uh, convention. Where was it? I can't remember where it was. One of the conventions they've done lately, and he said that was actually in his contract, that he did not, he was not going to wear the tights, not going to wear the cape, and if if they wanted to do it, they had to come to him and clear it. It was in his contract, so any anytime that they would pitch it, they had to come to him, and he had to approve it on whether that was something that they were going to do, and he was very very decisive from the very beginning. He didn't want this to be a show about Superman. He was very intrigued about the journey of Clark Kent. Yeah, so he says also that he tested with Kristen, and she said that Tom, Kristen said that Tom just looked more like Superman than uh, Jensen Ackles did, and she just really complimented Tom with, like them working together in that graveyard scene uh, in the pilot episode to where she just said how sweetie was to her. She was just, you know, fresh-faced kid out of high school. And this was something interesting, too. But Zach Levi was somebody who the producers had wanted to play the role of Lex Luthor, and he had auditioned to be Lex, and he had such a great audition with them that they went to the WB with wanting him to be Lex, but then his audition was the with the WB was really bad. So that threw that out. And they said Lex was actually the last role that they cast. And of course, you know, Zach has done very well for himself on to Chuck and Shazam and just I love Zach Levi a lot. He is one of my favorite actors and just think a lot of that guy just a class guy So Michael Rosenbaum, how did he get the role of Smallville Well, he talked about of Lex Luthor in Smallville. So he talked about it in this article and he said You know, I had done other shows for the WB at the time They said they were doing a show called Smallville. I thought oh, this is going to be cheesy They wouldn't send me a script and I wasn't really interested. Finally, they had me go in and I didn't care. And Welling basically pointed out by meaning he didn't care was that he thinks Welling said it wasn't like that he didn't care. It was more like he was free on the result. Whatever happened, if he got it, if he didn't get it, whatever, he didn't care. It was fine. That was kind of when he said he didn't care, Welling said that that's. What he felt like he meant because he said he said in this interview he's like rosenbaum he never doesn't care you know he cares about being being great you know he wants to be great so rosenbaum talks about this is his quote here he said the casting director is like sit here and i go no lex wouldn't do that and she's like well i have to relight and i go would you mind And she relit the room, and I had to wait outside. I came back in and kind of just took over the room. I go, what are 700 other guys doing wrong that you are auditioning? And they said, well, we want a sense of charisma. We want a sense of danger. We want a sense of comedic timing. I only had three pages to work with. I circled, I'll be dangerous here. I'll be funny here. I'll be charming here. And, you know, and of course, that's what Rosenbaum said there with his quote. And as far as others, we'll get back to Rosenbaum here in a second. I'm going to touch on some of these others with how they got the roles. Of course, Annette O'Toole played Martha Kent on Smallville, and she said, They sent me the script, and I was not interested in it. I knew it was going to be shot in Vancouver. I didn't want to be away from my family because I had teenagers. I loved Superman. Way before my involvement in Superman three. I was a big comic book fan. I watched the pilot and thought, oh no, I'm doomed. I love this. (laughs) John Schneider, who of course played Jonathan Kent, said, "I I was asked nicely three times to come in and meet. It wasn't until I read the pilot that I said, not only will I meet, but I will do whatever it takes to earn this role. And back to Rosenbaum, Rosenbaum said, I remember when I was doing ADR for the pilot, Nutter goes, do you want to see the opening of the show? And I'm not kidding. My eyes filled up with tears. I walked out of the room and I called my parents. I just said to them, people are going to recognize me. This is going to be a hit show. And so Welling, so that gives you a story on kind of just how different ones got involved with you know, the audition process and got their roles and got started with the show. And you could tell that everybody was very apprehensive at the beginning because they didn't they didn't see a script and they didn't know what it was going to be. And then when you can tell when people got the script, they were all like, Oh, this could be really special. This is gonna be really great. Uh Christopher Reeve got to guest star on Smallville. I'm not gonna tell you anything about, about the role or anything like that. But Welling talked about working with him and how that all came about and he said you know talk about the producers writers and everything he said that came to him and said hey so next week you and i on thursday are going to fly out to new york and we're going to spend the night the next day we're going to do a couple scenes in new york with chris reeve and uh one of the writers alfred goff said This was his quote in the article. He said, Reeves people said it'll be half a day. That's how much you get. So we staged it very simply. Chris came in and he saw the staging and goes, I don't have a lot going on right here. We could do something more. And we said, well, Chris, we only have you for this amount of time. He said, you have me as long as you want. I'm here. I'm doing this. And Tom Welling's quote here, he said, I was like a kid in a candy store. Meeting him was really great. He was only supposed to be there for a couple of hours. He ended up staying for like six or eight hours until his nurses were like, we're going to unplug the lights, you guys. He's got to go. And Goff said, next quote here, he shot an eight, nine hour day. The fee he got for the guest star role went to his foundation as a donation. And then he wanted this PSA with Tom So we did that, and he was amazing. We were able to use the Superman theme, which was also great. That was a very big moment for the show. And one last thing that Tom Welling said here about that, and this is really awesome. I love this quote here that he said about Christopher Reeve. He said, If you watch that episode, he is so commanding given his situation. He can't move, yet he is so compelling. All that added to Clark's emotion about what was happening. I remember in the end, he says to me, I'm really glad they chose you to be the next Superman. I was like, well, they didn't. That's when Brandon had gotten the role in the 2006 film Superman Returns, and he said, well, they should have. I get chills thinking about that. It was so cool to feel like he had put the sword on my shoulders and knighted me somehow. It was very special. So that's what they had to say about about that so that was just super awesome and to me it's as a kid I didn't grow up and this goes back to this as a kid I didn't grow up watching Superman no particular reason I just I had other things that I was watching as a kid I was I guess I was always just into other things so I never really watched it knew of it things like that but I just never really watched it so for me like Smallville was really kind of my real push into the Superman fandom. So, in a way, it's like Tom Welling was really the first Superman, even though he was Clark Kent, that I saw myself. So it was like he was like my introduction as seeing somebody playing the role of Clark Kent, Superman, you know. And so, you know, and then for Christopher Reeve to really just give him such a, just shining endorsement here is really just awesome. And Tom Welling, he was so great in that role. Just so believable. He just he just had it. You know, he just had it. So we also have this going on, is that there's going to be a, apparently a new Smallville project in the works. Now IGN talked to Tom Welling and Michael Rosenbaum lately, and they confirmed that there is an animated project in development that they are working on. And they said that it is going to address where all the original characters are now. And actually how this got out, and I remember when this happened, Tom Welling did a cameo video for a fan that somebody had requested. And during it, he said, well, I'm actually going to tell you a secret and he told a secret about the animated project and asked him to ask the person to keep it a secret but then he said that the person posted the video like 30 seconds later and that everybody knew but he was like I really was kind of asking them to keep this a secret and you know Tom Welling said the project is very real And in this IGN article, this is what Rosenbaum said to IGN. He said, it's something that we're passionate about, something we love. Hopefully, we're going to obviously share with Warner Brothers when the time is right. And hopefully, we'll be able to work with them. And that's about all we can say right now. So that is something that is definitely coming down the Coming down the path here, another exciting thing that has just been released is the complete series of Smallville has now been released on Blu-ray. Seasons 1 through 5 have never been released on Blu-ray, so if you want the Blu-ray versions of Seasons 1 through 5, here you go. This is how you're going to be able to get them. All of these, from what I can tell, I don't think from everything I've researched, I don't think there's anything new as far as extras on this Blu-ray series set here. It looks like everything is recycled extras from all the previous seasons, whether it's you know commentaries, extra scenes, deleted scenes, blooper reels, uh, convention footage, making of, just anything that was on the previous seasons of dvds blu-rays whatever they are going to be recycled here that there isn't anything new that i have seen unless i'm missing something it looks like everything's recycled there's not anything new but you're going to get the first five seasons of smallville on blu-ray and the reviews on it are very good so far that i've seen they said the show really does look good of those first few seasons, you, you know, with the upgrade to Blu-ray, that it really does just pop that show even more, that it it does hold up. You know, it's, uh, it's a lot of times when you bump up some of these shows or movies or whatever up to, you know, a higher format, a lot of times it will kind of expose things and might not look as good. But, well, the review that is up on Blu-ray.com, blue-ray.com, they have a review up of the series set and they gave it a big thumbs up. They said that it just, the transfer looks really good. The audio sounds better than ever. They just gave it a big thumbs up with the quality of how this looks on Blu ray. So, this is a set that I really would like to pick up because I would really like to have all the seasons on Blu ray. I've got. Got a few of them obviously with their original release, but I would really, really like to have this series on Blu-ray. So just a very exciting week for all of us Smallville fans. If you've never seen Smallville, I really recommend it. It's really a good show. It's just a fun show, a great cast and crew, and just a show that I really got hooked into really fast. And I've just, again, made so many memories with it, going to conventions. And of course, this cast is still very active among like going to conventions and doing reunions. You It's just nothing at all to see a convention and have like four or five of them on a panel together for a Smallville reunion. I've watched several online lately to where, you know, they were doing panels together, and they've been doing a lot of virtual panels during the pandemic. They've been doing a lot of virtual signings, virtual panels together, and just, they're just a tight group. They're just, it's just awesome anytime I get to see them together. So, hopefully, hopefully I get to see them again together very soon in person. Hopefully get to go to some in-person conventions again, hopefully soon, but yeah exciting things here with Smallville so again happy 20th anniversary to Smallville you know you've got the blu-ray set out there we've got this animated project in the works if you want to see the reunion stuff again go to YouTube look those things up that I was talking about earlier but yeah very exciting week for all of us Smallville fans That is it for this week's episode of the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Take care. God bless. And I hope you have a great week.